Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Well, hello there and welcome to December 1st, the uh, penultimate month of the nightmarish Donald Trump presidency. Oh, God. Anyway, it's also a Tuesday, and that means Susan should be on the line. Hi. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. We've got a beautiful snowy day here. I I love it when it looks beautiful like this in the snow. Of course, I don't have to be maneuvering Doing anything with it. Her. Right. I, we've got <laughs> a beautiful, sunshiny 25-degree morning mm-hmm. that I just already took my walk in. Yeah. 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 Winter's here. That's that. I, I, um, oh God, I, as usual, don't really quite know where to start. I, I was thinking though, and I do want to start here that, um, a a friend has contacted COVID uh, a few days ago. And I was just sitting here thinking of all the people that I, I know who have it or have had it. And I, I, it occurred to me that, uh, one of our one of our audience um, uh, had it, and I haven't heard from him for a while uh, since. And all of a sudden, you know, he started worrying, become yeah. anxious about it. So, um, Dave, <laughs> Dave, if you uh, ever hear this, and I hope you do, will you get in touch and and let us know that you're. Um, you're alive and 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 well, because I would seriously miss your your humor, your trenchant observations, and just well, you, God, you know, it's just amazing over over years how you build up these you know friendships, these strange friendships where you might never even lay eyes on a person. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. So I Dave, sort of I felt that way today. I was reading as I do always still the St. Louis newspaper and a quite literally larger than life character died there at 64 from COVID. He was a six foot four inch drag queen. Oh gosh. And just a wonderful guy. And he, um, like he finally won Miss Gay Missouri, like in his fifties. <laughs> but he was just—he was a wonderful character and um, tr- tremendous entertainer, and and struck down laws in in St. Louis. I mean, he was he was really he he was a a real guy, uh, and and. Um, and when you'd see him as six foot four inch versus uh, when he was Michelle and beautiful, <laughs> it, uh, it's just sad, you know. Yeah, the world is the world is is a different and a lesser place, and it's affecting everybody. Because so I want to, given that you started here, I it's I got a, I woke up to an email from my daughter in law this morning, and. Yeah. In our family, there is a tradition that came out of my husband's family that on the first of every month, the first person to say, our, oh, our, God, our, don't rabbit, start rabbit. that, rabbit, okay, rabbit. I'm just saying, so 
um, as she was, as my daughter, granddaughter was, and my daughter-in-law was putting my grandson to bed uh uh, last night, and she was explaining what Rabbit, Rabbit, Rabbit was, and how his grandfather Eric was uh, the king of it. And Ellis wants to know if we could have a Zoom for Dia Los Muertes, where we can talk about him and remember him. <laughs> and oh. And I just, and, and what my daughter-in-law said is, personally, I would just be sobbing through the Zoom, but if you guys are interested, <laughs> we could. And oh. I thought, you know, we've got we've got six-year-old little kids really in touch with the thought that people that they love could die and are dead and right. understand it in a way um, that we sure didn't. Uh <laughs> And I think it behooves us all to take the time and talk to our kids. They're they're absorbing all of this. And you bet on my husband's next birthday, we're going to celebrate him. That's wonderful. But, you know, it's out of the mouths, you know. We need to talk to our children about these things. <sighs> we yeah. really, really, really do. Oh, dear, dear, dear. It was sweet. He wasn't unhappy. He just wanted no, to know. No, he just wanted to it. know. He wanted to know this, this wonderful, wonderful man. man. Right. This wonderful man. He didn't know. Oh, God. Okay. Well, there's a lot of us now that have stories to tell about wonderful people who should still be with us, oh. and they aren't. And they're being taken, you know, by something as capricious uh, and unexpected is a cancer diagnosis. There's just, you know, it's it's terrible. And, and um, you know, and I don't know how many of the rest of you do what I do, but, you know, now when I wake up at 2.30 and my nose is running, I think, oh, is that normal? Somebody, what? <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, you're scared all the time. <laughs> I know. Yeah. And oh, I, have, I have found that the best uh, treatment for COVID is a Xanax. It makes it go <laughs> right away. <laughs> Medicaid, Medicaid. I don't know. Well, as long uh, as we, I didn't intend to start one on this, but I do, I've been remiss. And um, this is the Pittsburgh oriented thing, Susan, but you know how the New York Times, um, uh, I, I don't know if it's every, is it every week or every day that they do this page, those we've lost. And it's, it's obits from around the country of people who have died from COVID. And, um, you know, they don't have to be famous people. They have, you know, it can be somebody who impacted their community or was just loved or whatever. But um, in looking at that page last week, um, I saw a familiar face looking out at me. And um, and this is a woman I I knew, and she was the first female anchor woman in Pittsburgh. And um, as someone who was the first female anchor woman someplace else, I, you know, always, Eleanor Shano was her name. And Eleanor and I always had so much in common. We both got into television in the same way as Weather Girls. Weather Girls. Yeah. No, now she weather girls. Girls. It was weather girls and boys. Weather, weather no weather boys, just weather girls. Weather girls. And weather girls 
was really the only way a woman could uh, get in. But Eleanor was so far ahead of me and almost anybody else. It it could well be uh, that she was uh, one of the first nationally always breaking these barriers because when she died of COVID uh, a few weeks ago, she was 88 years old. Now that's a lot older than I am. And I was on the cusp of that change. So she was way, way ahead of it. Well, that's um, like Ruth Bader Ginsburg and me, one yeah. of my comparison. But, you know, when I, <laughs> when I hit New York, I was, you know, the first woman where I was. And how yeah. many years younger than her Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Yeah, well, there it took a long time with took a long individual time. women doing that. Anyway, she started in 1969. Um, well, actually, she became a weather girl in the 50s, but she got moved from weather girl into news by in the in the 60s, which was also what I did. I got in as a weather girl, and then once you're in the door, you start, you know, picking up some credibility of, of, of sorts. Um, and the New York Times piece says that when she got that anchoring job in 1969, uh, this was a rarity on both local and national uh, levels, a rarity. And so she was something and you wouldn't, she was gorgeous too, but of course, because that was part of the, the deal. She was never allowed. She once said, you couldn't say the word pregnant on television and God forbid if you were pregnant. So she hid three pregnancies during her tenure on air. She managed to not lose the job. She kept on going. She had three children hiding the pregnancy every time and back to work just two weeks after each birth. In 1958, this is what the Times piece says, in 1958, she was corralled into doing the 11 p.m. weather in bed wearing a negligee. I remember her telling this story. If I think by the time I got to be a weather girl, they weren't doing that anymore. But make no mistake, she ended up doing the weather in a sexy negligee lying in bed for a mattress company that was sponsor that bought the sponsorship and wanted that. So while Eleanor was in this marvelous mattress, she was also, by the way, eight months pregnant, managed to hide it, and did the weather. Isn't that something? Well, so. God. And I, my, I could just see you doing that. No, oh, yeah, right, <laughs> sure. You know, <laughs> speaking of television anchors, I just got a just got a text from Sally Wigan, 
who, uh, when we started the show, was out in my driveway um, looking for a hat she thought she'd drop there yesterday <laughs> when she'd come to walk the dog. <laughs> she just she just texted, wasn't there, God only knows. See you Thursday. She's been coming to walk the dog. Well, that's very nice. She and a few other wonderful folks. Incredible. Yeah. So, yeah, Eleanor Shano. And I'll tell you, she'd be tickled pink to know that she got an obit in the New York Times. Well, she yeah. would love it. I um, I once, this has to be about 30 years ago, maybe no, 20, 20 years ago. I was up in the park near here and I saw this babe, I mean, babe in spandex running the the little oval and 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 she was and i i remember i looked and i thought jeez look at that body and then as she got closer i thought good god in heaven it's eleanor <laughs> and she, <laughs> she was god well, you know that Woo. TV camera puts 15 pounds on you, so yeah. Oh, no. You know, she was just, wow, what a babe. And Eleanor, you made you made history, and you were a lo- she's just a lovely, nice woman. And I just wanted to note her passing for the um, Pittsburghers who are listening who might not have known, in fact. So, you want to get serious, or you want to finally know how astronauts poop in space? Yeah, I've been wondering about that, actually. I'm not even kidding. I was thinking about it the other day. (laughs) I hate to ask what brought that to your your mind. (laughs) Never mind. (laughs) Okay. So, you know, it's the kind of question a little kid would ask, but... We wonder too, right? And don't have the answer. How the hell do you go to the bathroom in space? And and think because of it. I mean, one you know, assumes the gravity is required. Yeah. So, you know, back in the day, poor Alan Shepard, the first American in space. You know, he went up and he came right back down. He didn't orbit. That was 1961. Uh they delayed the liftoff so long that the guy was going he had to had to go and he, there was no way for him so they just told him go right I mean, that was he, so he urinated in his spacesuit and then sat in it for the whole sat ride. in it for god knows how long sat in it as he hurtled into space <laughs> and and then i happened upon this and thought that can't be true. It can't be true. It's true. Um, We jump ahead to 1969, Apollo 10. And that's, you know, we're now orbiting and we've got a crew. And uh, I think there were three. It was a three-person crew. And the commander was Thomas Stafford. And he was, they were in the middle of solving some kind of a problem. And all of a sudden, this is what NASA down, you know, command heard. 
Somebody give me a napkin, quick. There's a turd floating through the spacecraft. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's sort of what I was imagining. <laughs> yeah, right. There was a turd on the loose. And somebody corralled it. I, they didn't go into that. But so here's – they're finally getting better at uh, this. There's NASA is, is launching its newest model, uh, Toilet. It's called the Universal Waste Management System. And part of the redesign was because of all the women now in space. It, as you know, this is no surprise, everything in the space program was always designed for men. For men. Well, that's why they couldn't put women up a few years ago because they didn't have a suit to fit one. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we so got a just toilet. Just an aside, a lot of medical tests were that way too. So go well, ahead. I know this goes into more serious issues right, too, right. right? But so anyway, this new this new fangled toilet is going to be installed on the International Space Station uh, next month. And um, by the way, the International Space Station has three toilets, each with its own little like stall. Cool. So, yeah. So the thing is, is when it's like a toilet, you, 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 you pull yourself, you know, you, you sit on it, but immediately clamp your feet into restraints. Because otherwise you'd float well, you off better, the seat. You better put a seatbelt on, too. <laughs> right. And, well, they have <laughs> grab bars. So you're holding, you're holding your upper body down and your legs your legs are in, um, in restraints because, you know, you don't want to float away in mid-poop, uh, poop. And um, obviously when we poop um, on Earth, gravity <laughs> aids us and, uh, you know, pulls excrement away from our bodies and into the toilet bowl. But uh, in space, that's not what's going to happen. So, um, well, don't they have like a vacuum that creates that? Exactly. Of they course. have a, oh, sure, they have a suction. They have a, a suction unit that pulls fecal matter away from the body down through a cylinder below the seat where it's deposited into a fecal canister, which, by the way, has to be emptied on occasion. And that unhappy job goes to somebody they take turns i guess um they remove the fecal canister put a lid on it three of these fecal canisters uh will be taken back to nasa to be analyzed of course poop is a well, very important you know yes. Think yes. about how the body does any number of things. That makes yes. total sense. Yeah, but not all of it, because some of it, they say enough already. Others will be cast off from the spaceship. And I'm thinking, oh, geez, here we go, befouling everything. We're pooping or throwing poop into space. But they, they throw the cold canister away, and they say it, it will burn up on reentry into uh, the atmosphere. And um, 
Yeah, but meanwhile, you got to fly along dodging canisters of poop. (laughs) And, okay, one more thing for the pee part. Um, That was easier for the – that was designed for men. For women, that was one of the things that had to be uh, redesigned for. But water is such a precious resource in space that all urine – is recycled absolutely into drinking water absolutely and so that anything that gets peed is collected in a urine funnel and um and then they obviously know how to treat it up there and that's their drinking water so there you have it well, I feel better. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's interesting. You know where you get this information? I love it. It's my favorite part of the New York Times on Sundays. The kids section. Yep. Cause, and they had this whole thing this last Sunday on how things work, how things are made, or how, you know, what happens. They, they did even like, what? how does your mail uh, get you put a mail you put a letter in a in a box and and somebody else gets it what happens in between and they graphically showed that which was interesting and then they graphically showed I can't remember there's so many just wonderful things um, it's something like Mr. Rogers used to do a lot on his show how things are made you know how do they get the pretzels to look like that? So you go to a pretzel plant, you know, and you see it. And it's, you know, it ain't just kids who, first of all, don't know, but also who, uh, you know, not just kids who wonder. So I'm just telling you. By the way, heads up, I'm not sure if my email is working real well. So let me know if you've been told that whatever you sent did not get to me. Okay, so well, how are they supposed to do that? Email you? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. <laughs> oh, stop cat. You're stop. You know, it's starting to sound like a cackle. Well, well it should. I'm I'm in my 70th year now. Yeah. Started to sound a little like a cackle. Okay, wait, I want to – here's something else I need to share with you guys. This is another obituary, just sticking with uh, death a little bit longer, that I found in the local newspaper when I was convalescing. And I I was drawn to it because it was a young man. You know how you see – you know, you see – Someone's 96, 89, blah, blah, blah. You think, okay, all right. But then, you know, you see 20s, 30s, and it, it's not right. And so I I was drawn to it and wondered um, what had happened. But let me try to find it here. There was – it turns out this was a young man who had um, had a rough 
rough go of it um, with his uh, in his life and had suffered from something, some kind of Parkinson's Parkinson's like disease when he was young. And um, it, 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 it was rough. I think he was about 30 something. So I'm reading the obituary of this young man. And he had said he was an only child. And uh, it was at the age of 14 when he got this awful disease. But, okay, so I'm not going to mention his name because I'm, they talk about how his parents are writing this and how their hearts will never heal. And then it said this. And at first I thought, okay, here's what it said. I'm just going to read it. I'm going to change his name. Um, uh, Josh's dog, Cuddles. And his cat, Ginger Gray, met him at the Rainbow Bridge within 48 hours of his passing. They killed his pets? You tell me. They killed his pets? Right. To send them to him. And the next line is, they have joined him in heaven. They killed his well god i'm sorry i you know and i don't that's why i don't want just because you believe in an afterlife which many people do and comfort themselves with does not give you the right to kill creatures to send them there i'm sure he would not have wanted them to be killed You know, when I first read it, I couldn't, I was in such denial, I said, wow, what are the odds that his two beloved animals would die within 48 hours of his death? And then, of course, my more rational self said, they didn't. They were killed. Yeah. Well, people do things in grief. Well, it reminded me of how, what, was it true that, you know, like in India, Hindus would sometimes burn the the wife on the, yeah, they, their husband? Yeah, the, the wife would have to be thrown on the funeral pyre. <sighs> okay. Well, those are, those are things that I've been... <laughs> what, I think to. you've been locked up a bit long. <laughs> Maybe, maybe the extra the extra screw and nut that's holding you together <laughs> is attracting depressing magnetic fields. I don't know, but that's where my head's been at, and I, you know, because all the rest of it is well. Oh, so we'll get to the rest of it, okay? Um, the super spreader in chief. Yeah. You know what he's going to do on his way out. He is going to hold as many as, I forget, what was it? Um, 30 rallies or something? Not rallies. These are parties at the White House. Holiday parties. Who packing them in? Listen, packing them in. In fact, some will, there will be days when there'll be two parties a day okay can i just say white house staff i'm talking about the people in the kitchen and the cleaning people you need to all quit 
and we'll hire you back in in a month <laughs> with back pay. You need to quit. Isn't that unbelievable? It really, it really is. Although you know, I hope that what's happening, their their tactics in Georgia. Yeah, I know. Might be helping us, but might might really be helping us because they've just convinced everybody. They've they've either made the loyal Republicans so angry, (laughs) you know, that um, that they've turned them off, or they've convinced the Yahoos that uh, there's no reason to vote. Don't vote because it's rigged. Right. I love it. So it says here that, you know, one guy who's already received two invitations to two separate of these parties said that the invitations include no guidance on masks or social distancing. And this is to celebrate, you know, Christmas and Hanukkah and religious holidays. And this is to, you know, they invite all their donors. They're trying to kill off as many people as they can before, before they, they, well, you know, if you want to go more power to you. I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've had, I've had it with these people. I keep, you know, I, it's, if you're on Facebook and you, you, you'll be riding, you know, going along and everybody's going, I, you know, here's me on my patio. Here's me over here. And then you hit pictures of large family gatherings with, here we are in our family bubble. Now, this is one of our family members, dear sister, and the family bubble was on the back patio, and I swear there were at least 10 tables of six. This is in uh, California? Uh-huh, which is under extreme lockdown right now. They were outdoors, but there were, there were, they were all sitting at tables. Uh, I don't, a uh, bubble that includes 60 people I'm just saying that ain't no bubble. That's not a bubble. No. And, and being I, outdoors and my, helps. I, well, it helps, but no one's masked. Everybody's eating. Everybody's just sure that because it's this one or that one, they're all fine. This right. includes, you know, this includes college kids, teenagers, and there are other pictures of teenagers hugging friends. You know, the bubble doesn't exist. But, you know, you go on the other side of the family and in, you know, they're in Missouri and they're doing all the same stuff. And I'm thinking, okay, there are people like you and me and who have been basically alone since late March. Mm-hmm. I mean, basically alone. And well, you got mom. People, you got mom. I do have mother, alone. and I do occasionally allow myself to look at my children in person. Yeah. Um, and I've had one hug since March from each of my grandchildren mm-hmm. for my birthday. Um, and we all felt terrible about it. Yeah. You know, we, know. we all felt like it was the wrong thing to do, even though I treasured it. I just felt terrible about it. Um, so... I don't understand, you know, how is it that half of us, I I swear, I think it comes right down along how you voted for Trump, although not the California people didn't. But anyway, it just, it just, I don't understand how some people define this and other people define it. 
people are just seemingly incapable of um, of complying unless they're absolutely ordered to, and they haven't been absolutely ordered. Well, it's a combination of denial and selfishness, and yeah. and and yeah. Americans have been taught, I think, very carefully to be selfish. To yeah. expect more than everybody else gets, to think that they deserve more than everybody else gets by virtue of simply being born American. I and mean, that I nothing really, really bad ever happens to us. happened to us. It, it happens it, to other people. It's right. We all have yeah. invisibility cloaks. Yeah. Well, what's amazing is even as it becomes clear that none of that is true, the uh, denial continues. And, um, you know, you we can be told, and we have been, that the next three months are going to make the last nine months look like a picnic. Right, because you can't hang out outdoors and have your parties and pretend like you're okay, and by the way, you weren't. Right. See, that's why every time we say all this, you can go outside and do all this stuff. Well, where do you think people got sick? So um, with these vaccines um, clearly looking like they're going to be available sooner than we had yeah. expected, which is wonderful, our only job now is to hunker down right, for the next three months. To until the weather starts to warm a little bit more, but you hunker down, be more stringent than ever before. And if you think you're losing your mind, get on a telephone and talk to somebody, read a book, but hunker down. We are. This is this is this is a perfect example of what I call the marijuana smokers rule, which is if you don't imbibe enough to get the necessary effect you've just wasted what you've used and it's the same with this you've sat here all of this time you know no time to give up now you will have just done all of that for absolutely no reason with a uh, vaccine within within and sight. now right we can actually see that that there is There's a help end yeah. of the tunnel and that there actually is a light in it Right. So please, guys, let's all let's just let help. Let's help each other stay alive. And can I say one other thing? Because I'm scared stiff for people. Can can all of us that that had Thanksgiving for two instead of 20, take the money that the other 18 would have cost and send it to a food shelter, food pantry? People are really hungry. I am. I am really terrified. People are hungry. Um, in numbers that we haven't seen. They were barely making it when they had their jobs. They don't have their jobs anymore. Please, everything that we can do. I am frightened for a lot of the people in this country, how they're going to make it through the winter. I don't want them dying of starvation and other illnesses because we couldn't help our neighbors. Please be on the lookout. Well, well said. I, um, I too, uh, truly truly worry and i you know you watch the news and they you see these lines of of people in cars think of all the people who don't even have cars to get in those lines have no way to get to where the food is being distributed and if i once 
nor hear that term food insecurity, I'm going to scream because it it's like saying, you know, it's like calling uh, it's like a phrase like collateral damage. It it softens things. Right. Let's call it what it is. Starving. People are starving and a lot of them are children. They are not getting enough food. They are hungry. And it's, you know, it's just, it seems to me, it's, this is actually pretty easy. There are a lot of us that are doing okay. And there, and, but we are living such teeny lives now. We don't go out to dinner. We don't go to theater. We don't, you know, go on vacations. We are banking money. Let's not give it away. Let, please, please, please. You would have spent it anyway, so what spend it. it anyway. Go cut the difference. You know, go ahead, save half. But please help. There, there. It's everywhere. Please help. We've got to get through the winter, and then we can start our lives again. Those of us that are tuned in actually need to do what we can to make sure that as many of us live through this as we can. So that means staying home, but figure out a way to spend that money. Please. Yeah. And if you're going to do Christmas, go ahead and spend it all in town. Figure out how to do that, too. Keep your local Stop businesses alive. Stop enriching friggin' Jeff Bezos. Bezos. Yeah, please, please, please. Stop. Call up, call if up your favorite If there's ever a way to find, you know, I want to get some books. What's the easiest thing to do? Go to Amazon. What will I not do? Go to Amazon. I am going to call an independent bookstore in town. I'm going to tell them, here's the books I want. If you have to order them, order them and send them to me. Anything you can think of. If you're bored today, sit around and make a list of all the ways that you can help people make it through the next three months that you could easily do not asking anybody to do anything that is puts them in danger just asking them to to remember who is okay and who isn't and figure out ways to spend the money we would spend anyway in ways that help those people that's all right well all right are we done all right I'm, I'm, I'm sorry i can't help it but i'm i've been this is what i've been thinking about Okay. So, anyway, okay. We yes. got some callers. Let's think of something fun. Okay, good. Let's let somebody else. <laughs> We've got some callers. Um, uh, hello. Hello. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Hi. Steve. Hi. And it, it is already a. It's been a better morning ever since the election occurred. I mean, just slightly better. Uh, you can actually get a whiff of of clean atmosphere. You know. Uh, Absolutely. Um, like. like you know, and the, the the oily orange stink is just starting to dissipate, even just a little bit more each day. Um, but you know, what you were talking about—the really sad story, pathologically sad story of the the poor young man's family having his pets put to death after he passed away um, out of their religious nuttery—it uh, um, dovetailed into the thoughts I've been having uh, about how many, about a very, very large and looming problem facing us. 
uh, in that there are a very large number of Trump supporters who are absolutely convinced beyond all doubt, and of course, far beyond the pale of any logic, that Donald Trump is going to continue into a second term, that this mm-hmm. is all going to be overturned somehow. Mm-hmm. Now, I know most of the people encouraging this are just charlatans and opportunists. I mean, they don't really believe. I mean, m- most no, they the don't believe it. They don't believe they it. Don't but believe this is a business model for them. They're making right. money doing it, right? But you know what? What's going to happen to these people psychologically? I don't care. January just so they don't get violent. Arrives? Well, yeah. Well, I, you know, I, I'm done wasting any of my energy. Where I, I mean, I, I, in as much as it'll impact me. I'm sorry, but this this is I, I can see why the GOP draws so much of its support from fundamentalists and evangelicals. They are conditioned, conditioned to I mean, believe I, I think organized religion, period, yeah. uh, encourages a, a degree of irrational thinking. But they're conditioned. American evangelicals are conditioned to, to have fantastical beliefs. They are. Mm-hmm. They have a, they have an absolutely terrible belief system, even to the point where the defenses of Trump were, you know, well, no one is perfect. There's only one. There was only one perfect person to walk here. All right. Well, that's not the standard. The standard isn't that since there's uh, in their, you know, in their belief system, only one perfect person. I don't know if there was ever a perfect person to walk the earth, but then that means everyone else is equal. Every, everyone else is equally flawed. Everyone else is, you know, a pathological liar, you know, is no worse than someone who, you know, tells his aunt that, you know, even though her, he likes her new dress, right? I know. Yeah, he, I, li- he likes her new dress, <laughs> even though you know, it's something right. she should have stopped wearing 20 years ago. Well, look, yeah. we are in dangerous territory because clearly we have uh, tens of millions of Americans who have truly been uh, brainwashed, and um, and they're fervent, and they're angry, and uh, they're organized, and uh, they're prodded and poked by this whole uh, network of uh, social media and Fox News. And God knows what Trump's intending well, to you, um, you, create even, to keep even them. Fox, yeah, even Fox. Oh, even Fox. Yeah, I, yeah. They, well, nah. like one American news network. Well, you know, an yeah. even kookier source. Right. Yeah. But I mean, it, it, it all dovetails. No, it doesn't. It look, look it, stop and think. QAnon. Remember no, QAnon when you first heard about it not so long ago? Yeah, and you QAnon were just, was the place that only designed for lies. It, it was just like so insane. You thought, well, nobody's going to believe that. And now millions. That they're Even around the world. Party. They're a political okay. party, the party yeah. of lies. Hey, I've got another. I've got some other callers, okay, so I, I'm going to have to go. Can I throw one line out there? I just got to throw more, one more line out there with this whole release the Kraken nonsense. Yeah, yeah. Do Republicans ever watch movies all the way to the end? Like, <laughs> remember, remember, greed is good. I mean, first of all, they don't recognize who the villain in movies are. No. Like, no. greed is good. Okay, that was Gordon Gecko. He was the villain in the movie Wall Street. 
He goes. To they the don't princess, understand, you know, lyrics. What about "Born in the USA" handle, that they're you, always playing? You, and you can't handle the truth. Okay. Yeah. Colonel Jessup was the villain. He villain. Goes the, he goes, he right. goes to the brig at the end. He's court-martialed. No, he's they the don't. Kraken. Okay, the Kraken gets released by Hades, the villain. Then Perseus, the hero, immediately swoops in, defeats, and destroys it. It accomplishes nothing. They need to watch movies all the way to the end. Okay, good line. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. 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 <laughs> Jesus. We have another caller. You still there? Hey, Lynn, Susan. It's Mike, formerly from D.C. How are you? <laughs> Hi. So I wanted to pivot back to that topic about starvation and the pandemic. There's a book I read, and I read it a long time ago, called Pandemic 1918 um, by Catherine Arnold. I had to look it up. And um, there are a lot of similarities, obviously, with this pandemic and the last one, but some aren't that people were killed at a higher rate than blah, blah, blah. But one of the things that fascinated me about the book was that a majority of the people died of starvation because they were too sick to get food. There was nobody wow. to get the food for them. There was nobody to prepare the food for them, and wow. they died of starvation. That book made such an impact on my life that even in my nomad life, nomadic life, I carry food with me. Mm-hmm. I probably have a hundred protein bars in this closet right now because that's the effect of the pandemic. That was that effect of the 1918 pandemic. And if now the same thing is happening and people aren't going to be able to feed their kids, that the similarities is striking. Yeah. And that's what I want to tell people who say you should pull yourself up by your bootstraps. You're saying that to an eight year old yeah. Or a four-year-old or a, a two-year-old. Yes. A child you're saying that to. Yes, their parents should have planned better. Yes, they blah, blah, blah. But you're saying that to a child. Have we no soul here? No. You know, have I have no to tell soul? you. No, there is a cruelty. I've been talking to my brother about this. There is a cruelty at the core of America that uh, is a thread that runs throughout. And it's a cruelty you don't see in, um, in some other nations. Uh, it's almost like we cling to it. We see a hungry person and we want to berate them, blame them. We do not, there is, I, I don't know what it is, we, we, unlike all other civilized nations, uh, do not see health care as a right, as just a basic right, food security as a right, helping families as an obvious, the most important thing government can do. We don't, America does not agree that that is true. And it puts us as an outlier among nations and that we are the richest of nations and have this cruel aspect at our core. Uh, it's pretty hard to find um, a measure of, of forgiveness. It's almost as if Susan said, you know, we created selfish people. Um, mm-hmm. And that's by misunderstanding what the founding fathers meant by 
you know, freedom. Don't tread on me. Yeah. So I, um, I asking Americans to care, uh, there'll be a lot who will, but there is a core and I'll just, uh, you know, suggest you look at the Republican party and and a core with more power. Yeah. Yeah. So we are a cruel people. Yeah. And though I am totally with Susan to donate and to give to others, this is a much larger problem. Yes, you can recycle your little bottles. Yes, you can turn the tap off as you brush your teeth. But what is really needed to help the environment, what is really needed to help starving children is for all of us to get together and say, this is not acceptable. We need to do what the other countries do, and there needs to be legislation so that if there is a pandemic, people have security of some kind. Well, what do you think of the fact that this Congress, and I fault the Democrats as much as the Republicans, is going to adjourn without any help? And a lot of these, the little bit of help that Americans are getting is going to stop at the end of this year? And I got to tell you, I don't care now if Nancy Pelosi doesn't get what she wants. Get something! Anything. Anything. Well, I, I, I think there's talk this morning of the of a bipartisan Senate deal. Um, uh, yeah, but that's not that is not involving Mitch McConnell and Nancy Pelosi. Those are moderates in both parties saying we got to do something, and they're going to have to be able to get the leadership to stop doing what well, they're doing. I mean, you, you stop know, the, the, knowing you're not going to get it all, and just do something. Right, because because if you keep going for the perfect, you get nothing, and people are dying. So please, Pelosi <laughs> wanted to give six hundred dollars a week in uh, unemployed federal unemployment, oh. <clears throat> but uh, the <clears throat> the Republicans want three hundred. You know what? Three hundred is better than nothing. <clears throat> and while you're coughing up, there's no ramification. <laughs> For the for the Republicans who do nothing, yeah, there's no ramifications for them. They're not going to be None. voted out. No, they're, the worst that would happen is they rate. make themselves look better. Yeah, it's so amazing. they're paid to be selfish, really. Yeah, you're paying them hundred plus thousand a year to be selfish. God, and people always right. said, "Oh, DC and the people there." I was like. D.C. is fine until you send your losers here. Yes, D.C. gathers them in. God. Okay. All right. We're moving. We're moving towards January. We're almost there, folks. Hang in. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Mike. Sure. Talk soon. Bye. 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 Uh, Ray uh, sends a. quote from the founder of the Catholic Workers Movement, Peter Morin, and he said this, what we give to the poor is what we take with us when we die. Yep. There it is. Oh, God. So, well, 
<laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the, either. Um, yeah, it's it's just bad stuff, bad stuff, bad stuff. So what do I got? Nothing. It's so depressing. How do we get so depressed? Why didn't I, I save the poop so, stuff for so, later? Here, here, here's the here's the thing. I how are you feeling? I'm feeling sort of hopeful about Georgia. Don't. Um, <laughs> don't. I, I don't I want you to be that one of those senators that I sent all that money to managed to win. So I don't know. No, I know. Stop and think of all the money that got sent to all those people who lost, and the same is happening now. I I will um, quietly hope, but I I'm not gonna expect. I I just it would be amazing. Wouldn't it be amazing? Yeah, but I can't I can't go there just because I can't bear uh, what's probably gonna happen. I don't know. No, we don't know. So when is this? January third or something? When is it? I think it's the, I don't know, the 6th? We've got another caller. Take it. Hello. Good morning, Lynn. It's Ella. I'm calling to uh, say well, I'm, I'm happy that you're feeling better. And today is World AIDS Day. Mm-hmm. And all those people that suffered with that virus, and there's, well, the, there's, there's medication for them. But I would like... Possibly they could interject and, and help uh, America if they if they're well funded because they know what it feels like to be really hurting. And another thing I wanted to say was, um, or Benedict Arnold is the one one who said that uh, we have the most ungrateful country in the world. <laughs> well. <laughs> Benedict Arnold said that. Yes, well, he did. And, and all right. I, I'm, 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 I'm paraphrasing, but it, I did read that, and it's still going on today. Yeah. And it's yeah. it's a it's a shame. And last thing I wanted to say is, just like President Trump, he uses the sharpie. So I get a sharpie and I start writing things down. It says, "What the heck are you thinking?" <laughs> And that's all I have to say. That's but I'm glad fine. you're, I'm glad you, you're feeling better. You're welcome. Thank Lynn. you, Ella. It, you're welcome. Be strong. Yeah, Hello. you too. Be well. Thank you. So, you know, uh, grifters got a grift. And do you see that Trump, uh, since he lost, has raised over $150 million from his credulous base? and he sends he sends them he sent out unbelievable you know every day they get 20 different appeals and these appeals are supposedly to help him fight this uh you know the fact that they stole the election from him and um if you read the small print <clears throat> one of I, I guess one of the things i can't get the damn article up <clears throat> excuse me Sounded good, um, Lynn. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, excuse me. Um, only it, it, they they sent out a thing that said official Trump legal defense fund, something like that. 
And the minute I saw that, I thought, anytime somebody puts official Trump Legal Defense Fund, you know it's not. Because why would you put official if you weren't doing a scam? Well, and it, it turns out, like, why would a president think about pardoning himself <laughs> if he hadn't committed crimes? Go ahead. Exactly right. So it says official blah, 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 blah. The fine print down at the bottom shows it has nothing to do with legal defense and, in fact, goes into a pack that he can dip into and do whatever the hell he wants. He can pay off some debts. He can, uh, you know, he can hold more fundraisers at his. Right. Uh, You're just giving the billionaire a slush fund. If he were a billionaire, why would he need your money? And and that. That the Washington Post says most of the money that's come in is small dollar donations, meaning from these credulous fools who actually think money, but who think if I could give him this five dollars, dollars, maybe it will, it will help. So Grifter's got a grift. And one of the reasons he won't concede is because he has to keep this myth going to keep his grift going. Right. Unbelievable. Did you read the sad story that Ivanka and Jared might have to move to New Jersey because no one in New I York did. Was <laughs> you know what? There's there's posters going up in all over Manhattan. Wanted posters with Ivanka's picture on it. Only it says not wanted <laughs> with a red line through it. Yeah, right, right. So Susan, yeah, you, you should sign up for the next telethon because Bill has written. I contribute I contribute monthly to the food bank, but Susan's prodding made me dig deeper and send more. I'm Thank one of the you. fortunate ones and needed to be reminded that the money I'm saving by not eating out can save lives. Both of you are treasures in my life. Oh, Bill. Thank you. Thank you. And Okay, Father Joseph has sent me stuff to read. I can't read it on air, but I'll read it later. I promise. Um, okie doke. Well, that, that was, no, we got two minutes. We could sing. (laughs) Well, that'll end things quickly. (laughs) So, um, I started the, um, I was going to ask you the queen gambit, Gambit, uh, last night and wow. Yeah. I'm just one episode in, but wow, that is some good stuff. Um, really? Yeah, my, mom and I did it two episodes a day, just uh, binged it, uh, you know. Yeah, I can see why you would. I probably will, too. How many episodes are there? I, I, satisfyingly enough, I think. I'm, I can't remember like exactly. Six, eight, like eight ten. something. Oh, I really? Maybe that ten. Much? Eight to wow. ten. Wow. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, and it's just wonderful. The acting is wonderful. And for someone that doesn't know anything about chess except that it's played on a checkerboard with funny looking little pieces i mean honest to god that's what i know i found it 
thoroughly enjoyable, even though there's hours of tense chess matches. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Really incredibly well done. So mm-hmm. we that's Netflix, guys, if you have it. And I, I definitely uh, do recommend it. I thought I was going to watch a Steeler game tonight, and turns out they've gone and <laughs> canceled it again. I mean, that game was supposed to be played last giving. Yeah. And then they switched it to Sunday. And then they switched it to Tuesday. And now they switched it to Wednesday. Well, I, all those players had to go and have their family dinners, you know, and broke their bubbles, and now they're all sick. That's what's happened. I don't know. Yeah, that would have happened they, before. But, no, no, no. Because no. it, no, because it was canceled on Thanksgiving. So right, it happened whatever before. happened happened before that. Um, I don't know. So anyway, I bet it'll be canceled. Well, too bad. Again. There goes their season because they can't play it. <laughs> well, I normally I wouldn't care, but when you got an undefeated season going, you sort of wanna, you know, keep playing. That's right. Although I have to tell you, I did watch a little bit of um, Kansas City the other day. That team is Kansas City's good, and they're fun awesome. to watch. Awesome, mm-hmm. awesome, and that team is better than the Steelers. I'm just saying. Well, they're certainly both better than Green Bay. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but Green Bay is better than most of the others. I know. Yeah. Go figure. I know. I know. Here we are talking football. It's a sure indication it's a that sure the show indication is over. That the two of us are done. Because <laughs> I could care less. I know. Okay. I, I'm not far behind you. Okay. okay. Well, we, we, we took it over the goal line, Lynn. See you later. We did. All right. Okay. Thank you, Suze. You're welcome. Bye. All right. Bye. Bye. <laughs> I'm desperately clawing around in my head for another football metaphor, but but I can't. I'm sorry. I'm going back to bed. Uh, guys, thank you very much, and uh, I'll be back tomorrow because what the hell else do I have to do? Be safe. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.